Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the ghost of a chance? From the bleachers, I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. It's the most wonderful time of the year that's right dallas week baby my favorite time of the year now before we get started a few housekeeping reminders you can follow me on twitter and instagram at seamus underscore clancy you can follow the bleeding green nation instagram at bleeding green insta i run that tons of great dallas week content all week long we'll be doing a little pregame and halftime show on sunday maybe a little some stuff in the afternoon too not quite sure we'll see how sunday plays out also, as always, you can check me out and my Philadelphia Sports subscription newsletter on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy, the From Broad Street with Love newsletter. Check it on out. Dallas Week, my favorite time of the year. Right now, it, it feels like the world's kind of falling apart. You have the pandemic, the, the elections coming within the next week, and you know there's tons of civil unrest out there in the name of social justice. I don't want to say it's a welcome distraction because that comes from a place of privilege, but it is nice to have these three hours on Sunday where you don't necessarily have to worry about everything going on in the world, all the you know financial jobs, all those types of problems that are flitting everyone. You know, the Eagles are my livelihood. They are that for a lot of people. And to have this one moment, this one week sums up the entirety of the Philadelphia Eagles fan experience. It's Dallas week. One of the most turbulent times in American history. But this week we do... Are gifted, we get Dallas. Eagles, Sunday Night Football. Everything you could want right now. The one thing, I wish it was Sunday. I wish it was Sunday. Even if this was a normal meeting of the 2-5 and five Cowboys and the 2-4-1 Eagles, these teams were disgusting two-win teams out there, it would still mean something just to see that look on Jerry Jones' ghoulish face up in the press box, that slow-mo grimace. They show that NBC plays after the Eagles score the game-stealing touchdown. He throws his hand hands in his face. Chris Christie's in there for some reason, looking like a buffoon. And the cameras go back down to the field. Eagles players celebrating. What, what, what more could you want than that? They're in the worst division in the history of professional sports. So not only are the Cowboys a laughing stock and the Eagles kind of a lesser so, but kind of a laughing stock this year. Not only do we get to make fun of the Cowboys for being a dumpster fire, we can overlook the fact that the Eagles are slightly less terrible because this is the worst division ever and the Eagles, more likely than not, are going to host a home playoff game. The Eagles are terrible, yet somehow Dallas Week still means something. We're going to go to the playoffs. We're going to get this win. We're going to go on this nice 
three, four-game winning streak, get to 500, maybe hop over 500 for a hot minute. Somehow in defiance of God, the Eagles win, and they're going to go on the path to the playoffs. They're going to host a home playoff game in Saturday. Just filthy, subhuman, mutant people. These Cowboys fans that weren't born in Texas. I mean, they populate all over the country. This isn't a problem necessarily unique to Philly. But it's these Philly Cowboys fans that truly, truly eat at my soul. So many people know I am a content producer over at NBC Sports Philadelphia. So on Monday, I'm recording this Tuesday night. We're a little article, you know, amping everyone up for Dallas Week. And I write about... Uh, 10 reasons why Cowboys fans from Philly are a disgrace to the 215 area code. Very me, very on brand. Loved it. You know, right in my wheelhouse. Q-Zone, baby. And after it got published, I immediately got a message on LinkedIn of all places from this guy. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to, yeah, I don't like, I'm not going to like dox him or something. I don't know why he, he messages me. He says, I read your article and does this whole, like, imagine this Twitter warrior, like, oh, not all men act like that. Like this holier than that. Like, oh, not all Cowboys fans from Philly are like that. I'm actually not like that. It's actually, we're actually really nice people. And he sends me this article that is from a newspaper down in, I don't know if it's Dallas, I'm assuming somewhere in Texas, probably. And it's about how, it's about him. So, big flex on his part, big flex. He's sending me an article in the newspaper about himself. Taking a whiff of himself for sure. And it's about how he's a Philly area, I don't know if he's from the Philly area, like the city, probably like the suburbs or something. Philly area Cowboys fan who goes to Dallas every week, not every week, every year. For the Thanksgiving game. Every year he goes. I didn't read the article. I just saw like the, the headline. And I was like, I'm not giving them the clicks. Only people who get the clicks, BGN, obviously. Anyway, he sends me this article. I'm just thinking to myself. I didn't respond to any of these comments. I would say, like, I'm not getting roped in. This professional troll, literally, since it's LinkedIn of all places. Why, why not just tweet me and tell me to go F off and die? Or send me an angry Facebook message. Or, you know, Rick roll me on Instagram. I don't know, just send me something stupid like that. Send me the, oh, you freaking moron, you just got corduroy bear. How about you send me something like that on Instagram instead of messaging me on LinkedIn like a stinking weirdo creep. I don't respond to this guy. I'm like, I- I'm, not, I'm not dealing with him. I, I-, I don't want to deal with this. And I guess maybe because I'm using Gmail on my computer and I have, you know, I'm logged in on LinkedIn and Facebook on my computer... Uh, I see, I get like notification on Facebook or it shows up in my feed because, you know, I shared my own article on Facebook. It shows up that this same guy is posting this article in all of these Cowboys fan Facebook groups. And he's saying like, oh, I responded to the offer and try to like tell him off or set things straight or give him a, it reminded me of the, you know, the go birds, go birds kid. Outside the link at 38, the 38-7 game NFC Championship game back in, what, January 21st, uh, 2018. And there's that lady from Minnesota who's like in his face and wagging her finger. And, you know, she's a real Karen, if you know what I mean. And she thinks she's giving him a piece of his mind, teaching him a, a real lesson while he's laughing in her face and thinks she's a joke. That's basically the same thing. Like, this guy was going to teach me a lesson about talking about people that way because that's not nice. And I'm a nice guy, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. And I was just like, hey, freak, take a hike. So he's like posting this in all, 
you know, these Facebook groups. I'm, I'm reading. You know, I usually don't like to read the comments or anything I write anywhere on the internet. Like, you know, that's that's right or rule one. But I'm like, I'm just curious and kind of amazed. I'm like, what is going on with this this guy? And you know, they have the other like Cowboys fans chiming in. And they're like, oh, this guy sounds like a real weirdo loser. And I'm like, you're the one comment. You're the one who's in. You're from Philadelphia or somewhere outside of Texas. I'm about to throw my notebook in the air. Who's a Cowboys fan and spent their whole day not on Facebook and Facebook groups. What year is it that you're on a Facebook group? Are you 75 years old? Are you a baby boomer? And then I'm recording this Tuesday. So that all happened Monday. Like Dallas week isn't even like started fully yet for me. Like I'm, I'm there mentally. Like I'm getting there. I've been doing these hype videos on Twitter. Again, follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Just like talking Eagles Cowboys rivalry, getting real into it. And I, I wake up on Tuesday, day I'm recording this, and I check my email and it's from LinkedIn. It says like you have, I click the, it has, you have three unread messages. And I'm like, what? And it just shows this guy, the same guy's face. I'm like, why do you keep messaging me? And he's sending me pictures of like, I don't know how he, like kids in Eagles jerseys. And they're like, oh, you wouldn't say something like this to this kid. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I feel like I'm going crazy right now. Like, this doesn't feel real. But know what? At the end of the day, I love it. I love the insanity. It's it's like, if I didn't have all this stuff to get crazy about, that, like, doesn't mean anything really in the grand scheme of things in life, I would just go insane. Like, my brain would be mush. So I instead of, like, focusing on all of the, like, terrible aspects of the world and how they affect my livelihood and my living situation and, you know, my health and financial viability. I put all my energy into talking about this, this freak from the internet who's tracked me down on LinkedIn. I don't know, like, what is, why, why on LinkedIn? Are we going to connect? Am I going to give him a job one day? First of all, where am I working that I need LinkedIn? I'm a writer, I'm a podcaster. I'm not, you know, working at Goldman Sachs or something like that. I don't know what he's trying to get at. And it's just crazy. But at the same time, it's the, the comparison I use all the time with like me and just the Eagles versus the Cowboys and me versus Cowboys fans in general, like the blog and the boys people, SB Nation site, like love trolling them because I run the BGN Twitter and they're, you know, getting real on their heads, all the whole, you know, rent free spiel. I'm all about that. But it takes it to another level when you're talking about the Cowboys fans who are from the area. And that's just the total, again, this is the comparison I use is like the Joker and Batman. Like obviously very clear cut on the surface level, clear cut black and white, good and bad. But on on a deeper level, they're actually both in like a tremendous gray area where both of them kind of bad at the same time. And, but simultaneously the one, you know, kind of feeds off the life force of the other. And that if one did not have the other, they wouldn't really be true to themselves. They wouldn't be their fullest self. They wouldn't be who they are. Like they exist because that other entity exists and they have to have this target, this focus, this, you know, goal in their head to beat or to stop. And without that, sometimes it might feel like their lives would be meaningless. That's why do you think Batman never kills the Joker? Because he doesn't really 
hate the Joker. As much as he wants to take him down and he killed all these people, if Batman really wanted to, he could kill the Joker. How many times does he just throw him in Arkham just to get out, just to do the whole charade again? How many times do I tweet something inflammatory about Cowboys fans from Philadelphia just for them to track me down and say crap to me for me to freak out on a podcast about it? It's the circle of life. It's the circle of insanity. We need each other. And as much as I hate Cowboys fans from the city, how I think about, you know, all my formative years as an Eagles fan, and I think about all those crushing, disappointing losses. I'm 26. I was born in 1994. Uh, you know, I was raised in the Andy Reid era, and I think about those, you know, the, the hype and the promise of the early 2000s, and then the d- disappointment of all the NFC Championship game losses, the Super Bowl loss against New England the first time around, you know, the dissolution of the Terrell Owens era, you know, the up and down highs and lows of Chip to now and, you know, Nick and then Carson struggling, you know, all these crazy things that I think make me, me and make me this, you know, insane, rabid Philadelphia Eagles sports fan at the same time. Like if I didn't have those Cowboys fans from Philly, if I didn't like go to grade school and growing up in South Philly, have those kids who were Cowboys fans and they were talking about, well, like my dad was a Cowboys fan. I'm just like, that means your dad was a huge loser. Don't, you're in loser denial. Don't push this off on your dad. Have some agency. Take some take some control of your own life. I knew this like in third or fourth grade. I was I was ahead of a curve on this, you know, armchair psychology. But kids wearing cowboys hats or telling me, you know, Eagles never won a Super Bowl, Cowboys won all these Super Bowl. But then as we get further and further from that, the joke's really on them, them how badly they are living in the past, living in uh, an era, a world that has not existed in decades. So I need these people. They need me. They 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 thrive off the crazy Philadelphia Eagles sports fan just as much as I thrive off the the negative energy they bring into this world. If it weren't for Cowboys fans from Philadelphia, I ultimately wouldn't be the person who I am. And that sounds crazy and it's weird. It is weird. But if you're listening to this podcast, if you like my podcast, if you like my writing and you like my work and my tweets, you're probably a little weird too. And guess what? That's okay. That's who we are. We own it. And we own the insanity. And it all comes to a boiling plate this week. It's Dallas week. We're living it up. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When it comes to the Eagles franchise, 
and Eagles-Cowboys lure, these games against Dallas, Dallas Week games, are where legends are born in the Philadelphia Eagles organizations. It's where legacies are defined. It's where we create, the players create, and us as fans create memories that will get passed down for generations. Not just years, generations. I think back to maybe one of the earliest Eagles heroes in Eagles-Cowboys games. Wilbur Montgomery. 1980 NFC Championship game. So that's January 81 at Veterans Stadium. Cowboys up there with the Steelers for Team of the 70s. Won a couple of rings with Stallback. And that's what that that's one of the th- things the guy said in the the article the the LinkedIn message me. He goes, "Well, I was a fan of I was a fan because of Roger Stallback." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like that's the same thing as saying someone from the 90s. Well, I was a fan of Troy Aikman or Emmitt Smith. Okay, well, you're still." Like, you still suck. Like, that doesn't make a difference if you were... Like, I would hope you were a fan of one of the players on the team you went entirely out of your way to become a fan of just at the same time to disrespect the city you're from. Getting carried away. But Wilbur Montgomery. Run, Wilbur, run. That gigantic run he has in the NFC Championship game to beat Dallas for the Eagles to go in the Super Bowl. They do lose in Super Bowl to the then, I believe... I think they were Oakland still, Oakland Raiders. But at the time, that triumph over the Cowboys was, I know they won the championship in, you know, 48, 49, and 60, but the Super Bowl is what it's always been about. You know, people talk about the Eagles having no rings, even though they have three NFL championships. Previously, it's about the Super Bowl era. And even though they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, that moment until really, you know, 2004 or more so 2017, didn't really encapsulate everything that we love about hating the Cowboys and about loving the Eagles. Wilbert did that. Wilbert broke that barrier for us. He like broke down that wall of not being able to beat Dallas. You have Tom Landry in his dumb Russian hat out there looking like a fool in the cold and that Philly cold in January. You know, Mike, like Michael Irvin said that one time on, on Twitter, when we play in that cold weather, it was cold. It was a cold day. Then you have those guys in the 80s. Buddy Air. Buddy Ryan. Never won a playoff game. But you know why people in Philly still talk about Buddy Ryan? While they still love Buddy Ryan, they still love that era of Eagles football? Because Buddy Ryan went 8-2 and two against the Cowboys in his career as a coach. That's why people love Buddy Ryan. That's why he's still, you know, people like him more than like Andy Reid. Which is insanity given how the success that Andy had in the beginning of the 2000s, and even the playoff success, even though it didn't necessarily result in a Lombardi trophy coming to Philadelphia. But that's why you had those, you had the Bounty Bowl, Bounty Bowl 1, Bounty Bowl 2. You had the entire saga of the 1987 NFL strike, which I've talked about on the podcast numerous times. And you had, you know, Randall and Keith Byers and Reggie and Jerome and Seth Joyner and all these great players and great moments in the late 80s and you know, even in the early 90s where the Cowboys were ascending to like the premier team in the league, the Eagles still had some great moments against there. They have, you know, the fourth and one stop against Emmett Smith where, you know, they ended up, Dallas ended up calling a timeout to play before. So the Eagles stopped Emmett Smith on fourth and one. Then they have to stop him again. And it's a cla- iconic, not just classic, iconic Merrill Reese call where he's going, they stopped him again. They stopped him again. You guys know exactly what we're talking about. And then you have, when I was a kid, Donovan McNabb, you know, rolling around the pocket 
in 2004 going crazy before he launches a bomb down the field the Freddie Mitchell he, you know was holding the ball in what like seven eight nine seconds in the pocket you know he's running around he launches it you know that's an unbelievable game big blowout you have you know one of the greatest games in Eagles history in 2008 last game of the season P- playoff play-in game uh week 17 the 44 to 6 massacre in Philadelphia a uh, great game from Koala Bell Calder uh, I think that is his pinnacle of his tenure with the Eagles little disappointment with injuries, but you know what, Corel Buckholder? Know why I love him? Know why I bought his jersey once drunk off eBay like four or five summers ago? Because he was great against the Cowboys. That's the stuff that matters. Think back to 2017. Eagles go down to Dallas and they win 37-9 to on Sunday Night Football. They were down 9-7 to and a half, scored 30 unanswered points in the second half, going to win the Super Bowl that year. Alshon Jeffrey had a great game. Nigel Bradham had a great game. That's why those guys have that sense of fame and allure and awe around them when it comes to this Eagles franchise. That's why we look so fondly back on those players of yesteryear. Not just because their overall success, which is quite important, obviously, but in particular, their success against the Cowboys. And then we have a lot of new faces this year. Yeah, Carson Wentz is still here. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. But on offense specifically, there is room for one of these guys to ascend, become part of the Eagles-Cowboys lore, become an important moment, an important person in the history of this Dallas-Philadelphia rivalry. You have Greg Ward, classic unsung hero type player, role player, guy who just the least flashy, least spectacular Player of all time. Low ceiling. But know what? Guy gets the, go- the job done. Carson Wentz obviously loves throwing to him. Had a couple great plays against the Giants. For Not for Greg Ward, they probably don't win the game. Boston Scott. He's the Giants killer, but who knows? He could be the Cowboys killer too. We'll see what happens with him. Maybe, you know, they give Jason Huntley more run. And that just, it's the Jason Huntley game on Sunday. Jason Huntley has 87 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Who knows what happens? John Hightower. Rocky, rocky start to his NFL career. I'll say that. But know what? Only takes one play. Hightower has had back-to-back 55-yard catches the last two weeks. What ha- And then he the, the Ravens game. He dropped one that could have been, what, a 75, 80-90-yard touchdown. If he catches that this week, Eagles go up 7-0 on a, what, 80-yard touchdown bomb John Hightower? People remember John Hightower's name for a long dang time in this city. I'll tell you that. And the guy who I think this is going to be, I think the Eagles won on Sunday. They were quad-bombed them at minus 6.5 on Sunday before the quarterback situation with Ben DiNucci played up. I think they're 7.5-point favorites. I think I think they're going to cover. But the, the thing that is in my head is that we are going to get, if the Eagles win, a new Cowboys-Eagles legend. And it's my guy. He's the talk of the city right now. He's everyone's new favorite player ordered a couple jerseys for him for me and Big Mike and my dad and actually my mom got delivered today, which is awesome. It's got to be Travis Fulgham, right? Travis Fulgham. Looks like the second coming of Calvin Johnson four games into his Eagles career. You know, it seemed like he had a down game on, on last Thursday against the Giants. You know what? It might have been a down game for what we expect from him, but it was still five catches for 73 yards and he drew a couple key penalties late in the game. I think I think this is not just the Fulgham game because Travis Fulgham is that type of player who seems like he's going to su- supersede the 
the one game moniker and become like a consistent, really, really good player in this league, you know, an above average wide receiver. But I think, I think Sunday, Sunday night, Travis Fulgham going to be the talk of the football world. That will be his game where he starts cementing his legacy in Philadelphia for the Eagles because of how well he plays against Dallas. I'm expecting him to go over 100 yards. Expecting him to get at least a touchdown. And I'm expecting the Eagles to win. I need a win. We need a win. Philadelphia needs a win. Philadelphia needs a win right now. Love this city. Love everyone in it. Go Birds. At the end of the day, people say go Birds are the, is the greatest phrase in Philadelphia. The greatest two words you could say. But I think the two best words in the entire English language. Dallas sucks. That's it for me from the bleachers. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Sign off. Go Birds, baby. Dallas sucks.